88K News. It's one o'clock. I'm Todd Harding. The headlines. The Jockey Club says three jockeys injured in a pile-up a shot in racecourse weren't seriously hurt but will need time to recover. Nanjing marks the 84th anniversary of the massacre of 300,000 people by Japanese troops. And the district court hears mitigation pleas from Apple Daily founder Jimmy Lai and activists over a banned June 4th candlelight vigil. The director of racing business and operations at the Jockey Club has confirmed that three jockeys caught up in the major fall during yesterday's Hong Kong international races did not sustain serious injuries, but will take time to recover. Four horses were caught in the pile-up in the Hong Kong sprint. Riders Lyle Hewitson and Zach Purton were in intensive care overnight. Japanese jockey Yuichi Fukunaga is also in hospital. The horse's amazing star and Nabu attack had to be put down. Speaking on RTHK's Morning Brew programme, Bill Nader confirmed that the other two horses, Lucky Patch and Pixie Knight, are OK. I'm happy to report that while they will miss a bit of time recovering, at this moment we're assured that there are no real serious injuries. I don't know exactly how much time. It could be anywhere from a week to a few weeks, but they'll be back soon enough. And fortunately for them and for all of us, there were no real serious injuries to the three jockeys. Mr Nader said it's too early to say what caused the fall, but he said vets will look into what happened. A primary school in Tunmun is providing counselling to students after apparently traumatising some children by showing those as young as six graphic footage of the Nanjing massacre. Parents complained after reports in the media said school children were left frightened and in tears by the video. The parents told reporters the school would provide a counselling session for students today. One said education authorities should give better guidelines to schools. I think the school shouldn't be blamed for this incident. The Education Bureau's guidelines aren't clear enough. They should give better guidelines now that Hong Kong is adopting patriotic education. They should give more thought to this matter, such as clearly classifying materials. The Education Bureau said it didn't order schools to show the video to all grades. It said teachers could opt to use the documentary but should be professional and give appropriate guidance. Meanwhile, Nanjing has marked the 84th anniversary of the massacre of 300,000 people by Japanese troops. Those attending observed a minute's silence while sirens blared. This was followed by the laying of wreaths by PLA soldiers. Addressing the ceremony, Vice Premier Sun Chun-lan said China would take history as a mirror and continue on a path of peaceful development. She said the achievements of the Communist Party were the biggest comfort for the victims of the massacre. The District Court has heard mitigation pleas from Apple Daily founder Jimmy Lai, activist Chow Hang Tung and Gwyneth Ho after the trio were found guilty for their roles in a banned June the 4th candlelight vigil last year. Sean Kennedy reports. Lai, Chow and Ho were earlier convicted of inciting others to join the banned vigil or taking part in it themselves. In mitigation, Lai said through his lawyer that if commemorating those who died because of injustice is a crime, then inflict on me that crime and let me suffer the punishment of that crime. For her part, Ho said the sentence imposed on her would be a sentence on every Hong Konger who appeared in Victoria Park on June 4th last year. Judge Amanda Woodcock is expected to hand down sentences for the trio this afternoon, together with five other activists involved in the case who earlier pleaded guilty. 
More than 90 people are now known to have been killed by devastating tornadoes that swept through the Midwest of the United States on Friday. At least 80 of them were in Kentucky and about 14 across five other states. The governor of Kentucky, Andy Bashir, said he hoped rescuers could still find survivors. The National Guard uh, has been deployed. We have over 300 guardsmen that are active. They are out in our communities. They are doing everything from going door to door, though. In many of these communities, we don't have doors anymore. They're going rubble to, to rubble, searching, hopefully for survivors, but otherwise to at least have certainty for families that we can advise them of their loss. The British Prime Minister, Boris Johnson, has warned that the number of COVID patients with the Omicron variant is doubling in the UK every two or three days. He was speaking after the UK's medical advisers raised the COVID alert from three to four, the second highest level. Mr Johnson spoke in a televised address. And we know from bitter experience how these exponential curves develop. No one should be in any doubt there is a tidal wave of Omicron coming. And I'm afraid it is now clear that two doses of vaccine are simply not enough to give the level of protection we all need. But our scientists are confident that with a third dose, a, a booster dose, we can all bring our level of protection back up. Mr Johnson said he was bringing forward a target to give booster jabs to everyone aged over 18 to the end of this month. Meanwhile, South Africa's President Cyril Ramaphosa has tested positive for COVID-19 and is being treated for mild symptoms. The office of the President said Mr Ramaphosa, who's fully vaccinated, began feeling unwell after leaving a state memorial service for former President F.W. de Klerk, but was in good spirits and is being monitored by doctors. The office said Mr Ramaphosa would remain in self-isolation for the moment. The Omicron variant was first detected in South Africa last month. The leaders of Israel and the United Arab Emirates are holding talks today to build on their normalising of diplomatic relations. Naftali Bennett will meet Crown Prince Mohammed bin Zayed in Abu Dhabi. The BBC's Tom Bateman has more. In Abu Dhabi, there was an honour guard for the Israeli leader before the Emirati foreign minister held him by both hands, new friends in a region of old enemies. The so-called Abraham Accords were brokered last year by the Trump administration and the UAE became only the third Arab state to fully recognise Israel. The countries have since swapped ambassadors and done hundreds of millions of pounds worth of trade, including agreements on defence and arms development. Meanwhile, Israel is removing security protection from the family of the long-serving former Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu. Despite his complaints, they're still regularly subjected to death threats. The decision comes into force today, six months after Mr Netanyahu was removed from office. Russian President Vladimir Putin has lamented the collapse of the Soviet Union, saying the ensuing economic crisis had been so bad that he'd sometimes had to work as a taxi driver. The BBC's Ian McWilliams has more. In a documentary on state TV, Mr Putin described the breakup of the Soviet Union three decades ago as the disintegration of historical Russia. He said that what had been built up over a thousand years was largely lost. In the hard times that followed, many people had to graft to make ends meet. Unofficial taxi work was one of the most common solutions. Nuclear physicists driving taxis became one of the clichés of the post-Soviet world. But the president's critics accuse him of wanting to recreate the USSR. 
The American author Anne Rice has died at the age of 80. Her most famous book was Interview with the Vampire, published in 1976, which was later turned into a romantic horror film starring Tom Cruise and Brad Pitt. In an interview with the BBC in 2010, she reflected on how her books have been received. I took a lot of criticism in 1976 for this. It was nothing like now when we have so much vampire literature that nobody questions that the idea is interesting. People really were kind of amazed. It was such a new idea to write intimately about vampires that I had a bit of a hard go of it. But that was all right. It's, it's always good to be controversial rather than to have people be indifferent. One of Mexico's most revered singers, Vicente Fernandez, has died at the age of 81 after four months in hospital following a fall at his ranch. The BBC's Leonardo Rocha looks back at his life. Known as the king of Mexico's traditional ranchera music, Vicente Fernandez recorded more than 300 songs during a successful career that spanned more than five decades. His songs often spoke of lost love and heartbreak and became an essential part of Mexican culture. Wearing his trademark sombreros and elaborate mariachi costumes, for decades he entertained audiences around the world. During his life, he said many times that he would continue singing for as long as people continued applauding. Police in India say they foiled the plot of a man who tried to fake his own death while out on parole so he wouldn't have to go back to prison. Police in the state of Uttar Pradesh say he killed another man and burned his body so it couldn't be recognised. He then put his own ID card in the dead man's pocket. His wife is alleged to have colluded by identifying the body as that of her husband. Finance Now, China's largest artificial intelligence firm since time, has announced that it will postpone its initial public offering in Hong Kong. In a filing to the Hong Kong Stock Exchange, the firm said the move is to allow potential investors time to consider the impact of the United States' decision to place the company on an investment blacklist over alleged human rights abuses in Xinjiang. The company has said such allegations are unfounded and that it's still committed to complete the listing soon, though it doesn't have a timetable yet. It added that all IPO subscriptions will be fully refunded. The company was planning to raise nearly $6 billion with its debut stock trading originally set for this Friday. The world's biggest dairy exporter, Fonterra, says it'll invest about $2.7 billion US dollars by 2030 to move milk into higher-value products, pursue growth and reduce emissions. The New Zealand-based firm owns the Anchor, Divinkle and Mammoth brands. It said it aimed to achieve net-zero carbon status by 2050. A short time ago, the Hang Seng Index was at 24,242. That's 246 points up on the previous close. Turnover stands at $74 billion. To currencies, the US dollar is trading at 113.54 yen. The euro is standing at 1 US dollar and 12 cents. And the pound is worth 10 Hong Kong dollars and 33 cents. To sport, and we start with motor racing, where Red Bull's Max Verstappen is celebrating his first Formula One world title after a wild finish to the season-ending Abu Dhabi Grand Prix. Going into the race, Verstappen was level on points with reigning champion Lewis Hamilton. Hamilton was in control until a late safety car was needed following a crash. Then, with one lap to go, Verstappen used his fresh tyres to sweep past Hamilton to win the race. With more on the chaotic finish, the BBC's Jack Nichols. Hamilton had the race in the bag. The safety car bunched up the whole pack, as it always does. Hamilton couldn't pit. 
because then Verstappen would have taken the lead and it might not have been restarted and Verstappen wins the championship on that. So Mercedes couldn't pit him. Red Bull pitted Verstappen, had the fresher tyres and the lap cars coming through is what always happens. That's what you had to bank on. It was just whether the car would clear it up in time and it was. It's so tough on Mercedes. They're constructors champions but they don't care about that right now. They've lost the driver's title. Hamilton has lost the driver's title in heartbreaking, heartbreaking fashion. Verstappen is the first Dutchman to win the F1 driver's title. The new champion says a lot of people have helped him along the way. Too many people to take in one uh, sentence. I, I mean, already from when I was little, you know, my dad, my close family friends who pushed me to be even better, my mom, my sister, my girlfriend, there's so many people to thank already from the start, and then of course Helmut Marko, Christian Horner to to give me the you know the belief that I could do it here in this team. You know they were of course very important, but also my race engineer GP, my performance engineer Tom. So many people, you know the guys who work on my car, day in day out, they always give everything for me. So, and of course you know Honda at the end of the day as well. I mean this is just incredible to finish it off like this. Hamilton was frustrated to miss out, but he was keen to acknowledge his rival. Firstly, a big congratulations to Max and to his team. Um, I think we did an amazing job uh, this year. Uh, my, my team, everyone back at the factory, all the men and women we have uh, and, and here worked so hard uh, this whole year. It's been uh, the, the most difficult of seasons and um, I'm so proud of them, so grateful to be a part of the journey with them. And uh, yeah, we gave it everything. These, uh, these this last part of the season, we gave it absolutely everything and uh, we never gave up and that's the most important thing. Next to football, Real Madrid have made it 10 wins in a row over their cross-city rivals Atletico Madrid after a comfortable 2-0 win at the Bernabeu. Karim Benzema and Marco Asensio were the scorers. Real remained top of La Liga, eight points clear of Sevilla. Barcelona dropped points as they drew 2-2 at Osasuna. Barca are eighth in the table. Leicester City thrashed Newcastle 4-0 in the English Premier League with Yuri Tielemans scoring twice at the King Power Stadium. Leicester claimed only their second win in seven league games. Manager Brendan Rodgers was pleased their poor defensive record has come to an end. Today's a step forward for us. I think it brings us to, to zero. And now hopefully we can build on that. But it will always be about the availability. Uh, of, of your top players and uh, to what level you can get to. So, But for us to be in eighth position with everything we've had this year, the challenges, uh, I'm really pleased for the players and now we, we look to our next game. Newcastle remain in the relegation zone, three points from safety. Crystal Palace pulled off a 3-1 win over Everton at Selhurst Park. Conor Gallagher scored twice to help Palace end a run of three straight defeats. West Ham and Burnley drew 0-0 at Turf Moor. West Ham remain fourth in the table, while Burnley are two points from safety. To the weather forecast, it'll be mainly fine. Dry this afternoon with moderate to fresh northerly winds becoming easterlies. The outlook mainly fine tomorrow and temperatures will rise slightly by midweek, but winds will strengthen from the north and the weather will become cool again later on in the week. Currently, the observatory, 21 degrees Celsius, humidity 61%. And that's the news and weather from RTHK.
Good afternoon and welcome to the 123 show with me, Noreen Mayer, on this Monday afternoon. Monday the 13th of December is today's date. A big thanks to James Ross for the morning brew today. 
On the very first 123 show of this week, we'll be hearing from one of the charities of this year's Operation Santa Claus, and that is Home of Loving Faithfulness. And this afternoon, I'll be chatting with Gretchen Ryan and Wanda Wong as they explain the importance of their main service, which is to provide 